Welcome to Aussie, a podcast where we explore the careers shaping our world today with your host, Parnika Shankar. From entrepreneurs and creatives to scientists and healthcare professionals, we speak with professionals who have carved out successful careers in their respective fields. Whether you're a student, a recent graduate, or a seasoned professional, this podcast is for you. Join us as we learn from their successes, challenges, and everything in between. Welcome to the first episode of Asia Podcast. Today, we're joined by Daniel Precio, Senior Vice President of Commercial Banking at a regional bank based in Colorado. He has a wealth of knowledge to share from his experience in the industry over the last two decades. First off, thank you for joining us today. You have had a tremendously successful journey with First Bank Call into your current role as Senior Vice President. But before we dive deeper into your career in banking, I'm curious to know what inspired you to pursue this path? Yeah, I, I would actually say it was kind of a fortunate accident. So I was applying for internships my first year of college. I applied with several banks, several different credit unions. I also applied with some tech companies, Compaq and Intel. So I wanted to either work in marketing or corporate finance. And all of those organizations had opportunities for me. So I spent a lot of time, almost a whole summer, researching every company that had made me an offer. And I was really taken by surprise at how much I was going to enjoy banking. What I learned about banking was that it was kind of the perfect mix of um, analytical kind of financial skill and then interpersonal relationship. Those are really kind of my two, I guess, strong points. Um, and when I realized how much interaction and interpersonal relationships are involved with banking, it seemed like a really good fit for me. So I went ahead and took the internship with First Bank, not knowing much else other than I'd have holidays off, I would have weekends off, um, but mostly looking forward to working with people and then kind of learning about money. Um, you know, I knew that a banking job was a good place to kind of start and see how money moves through the economy, how ha households manage money, how businesses manage money. It felt like a really nice supplement to the classes I was going to be taking in school. So um, once I got into it, it, uh, it kind of seemed like a good fit and it clicked, but I didn't have banking in, in mind as a career. I just kind of liked some of the aspects of the job. And I was really young, so I was kind of looking at things like you know, who's, who's paying the most, who's got the most flexibility in their schedule and banking actually pretty rigid schedule, but decent pay. Um, and then of course you have a nice holiday schedule. So there were a lot of, a lot of things that just made banking attractive to me. Can I ask when you were in high school, what did you think you were going to do? So very early in my high school career, I thought I was going to be a professional athlete. I was a baseball player. I thought that's the path I was headed on. I will say that did lead me into a college career. So that's kind of how I got into school. Um, but I think my junior year, I took an AP microeconomics class. It was the first business class I had ever taken. And I just fell in love with the curriculum. I had no idea how much understanding economics helped you kind of understand the world around you. And so I was almost instantly kind of like enamored with taking business classes, accounting, economics, what have you. And at that point, I decided I wanted to work either in corporate finance um, or work in marketing. Um, I kind of liked the creative aspects of marketing. So I thought I'm either going to be working for a marketing department somewhere, or I'm going to be working with numbers and be doing corporate finance. How do you feel about your journey in First Bank? Like, where did you start? And can you walk us through how you got to the position you are right now? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So um, it was an internship that I actually got. And the internship was kind of segmented in a way to kind of get you to learn about the bank's culture and also start basically entry level. So just about every bank is going to start you on the teller line. That's entry level for banking, um, basic, just taking care of cash checks, real basic customer interactions. 
So my first job with the bank was working on the teller line. Um, I was responsible for just handling cash and handling transactions. Um, but what I really enjoyed about that role was I would get to talk to my customers as they came in. So I had small business owners that would come in. I'd get to talk to them about their companies. They would kind of share you know, little nuggets of, of wisdom about what was happening in the local economy, how things were impacting them. And so I had these really nice little conversations on a daily basis. That led me into a customer service role where I started opening new accounts and kind of resolving more complex customer service issues. So it was like teller, customer service, and then I moved into a more analytical role. So I actually started doing some cash flow analysis by my junior year in college. I was actually doing simple consumer underwriting. So I was looking at tax returns, credit reports. I was making very basic risk analysis judgments. And so I kind of evolved from customer service into an analytical role. And I did that underwriting role probably for about five, six years focused on consumer because I think it's important to know consumer loans are a little bit less complex. They're kind of a good place for a banker to cut their teeth. You use very basic analysis, very basic formulas to calculate things. But I was working with guys at the time that did more complex commercial stuff. And on the side, they were kind of letting me look at some of their complex commercial real estate deals, some of their business acquisition and expansion deals. They were letting me look at those. And I started to realize that there was kind of a correlation between basic cash flow analysis and modeling and really complex decision-making. So I kind of pushed them to let me go into that commercial role. And so about 10 years ago, I kind of became more focused on commercial lending, commercial relationship management, commercial account relationship. Um, and I've been doing that ever since, um, but it was very much an evolution. And I'm a kind of a phase person. I need to move step through things. I am kind of glad I started as a basic customer service rep and a basic analyst before moving into the role I have now, because the role I have now is fairly complex. A lot of things I take for granted, but I learned very early in my career. How do you communicate things, how to analyze financials, how to work with people from a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different industries. Um, but it was very much a phased evolution to what I'm doing now. That's really good to hear. And for someone who knows that they want to go into the banking sector and they want to make a career here, what would you feel is a good starting point for someone that's graduating from high school? Yeah, I think, you know, education is important. I think I, I wouldn't worry too much about what discipline someone's going into, whether you're going to be a marketing, accounting, you know, finance major, even if you're going to study economics, all of those things will give you a good knowledge base to go into a banking career. But I think something that you could do to really help yourself is to get a service job if possible. A lot of banking on just about every level is some form of customer service. There's a lot of interpersonal communication, a lot of problem solving, a lot of resourcefulness required of you. So I would say if you haven't already, try to get yourself some kind of service job and get comfortable working with people, get comfortable handling difficult situations, get comfortable speaking to customers and learning about problems, be comfortable responding with solutions, really develop those soft skills that only come from kind of face-to-face -face interaction. Because a lot of what I do on a day-to-day -day basis is, is really just complex problem solving. I get a list of things that my customers need, and then I kind of spend time working through it, proposing solutions and kind of working them towards the right answer. But a lot of what I do is rooted in basic customer service. So I would advocate for that. Banking itself is really not all that hard. And a lot of what you would do as a banker can be taught to you kind of after you start. There's always a reasonable expectation that you learn on the job. 
So it's also important to know you're not going to walk into a banking job, whether you're an investment banker or a retail banker, you're not going to walk into a banking job with a lot of practical knowledge ready to go. A lot of what we do comes with experience and repetition. You have to do the same things over and over to understand how they work. So it's most important to kind of come in with a general comfort of working with people and a comfort with kind of solving problems and, and hearing difficult things. Time when we talk about banking, the first thought that comes to mind is numbers. But for someone mm -hmm. to be successful in banking, do they really have to be great at math? And I know there are other traits, like you had mentioned, being able to work with people and just communicating. But what are the other good traits that make someone a good candidate for a career in banking? Sure. I, you know, I would start by saying I actually agree with that for the most part, that numbers are a crucial part of what we do. And banking as a whole is a very broad range of jobs. There is a role in just about every bank for folks who like to just do numbers. Um, they might be an analyst or risk manager where all they do is work through numbers. They create solutions. They kind of help paint a picture with numbers. They analyze. There's a role for that. Some folks excel at that and they like that. But I think if you really want to have an enjoyable, in my opinion, banking career, developing soft skills, so being a very good communicator, being comfortable talking to strangers, being comfortable kind of creating a dialogue and a relationship out of thin air, that will really be important to kind of have a good banking career. Because even if you're really good with numbers, you're very good analytically, it doesn't really mean anything if you can't communicate back to our customers what you see, what you think is good, what you think is bad. A lot of that is explaining to them what you see in their numbers. And you're kind of extrapolating a picture out of these financial reports they give you. And you've got to really be good at kind of creating a vision with your customer and seeing the same things and then kind of moving towards the end goals together. Um, so I think those soft skills are really important. Be resourceful. Um, you know, there's not really a lot of black and white in banking. It's a very heavily regulated industry for the most part. But a lot of what you do on kind of an advanced banking role is problem solving. It's kind of solution presentation. So it's really important that you're comfortable looking at a lot of different places to solve problems. Um, you have to be comfortable kind of self-sourcing a lot of information because a lot of the stuff that will come to you, there's really no precedent for it or you're solving a unique problem. So you've got to be really comfortable kind of doing things on an individual basis, being quick about it, being you know smart, being thoughtful but finding good information kind of on your own. One of the things that I was most surprised by is I thought that just about every business customer, every customer I worked with had everything figured out and they were going to lead me to the right answers. I was very surprised that early in my career, I was working with people that had run successful businesses for 20, 30 years and had no idea how to get set up for expansion. They didn't know how to borrow for expansion. They didn't know how to have a succession plan for their business. They're coming to me, who's 25, 30 years old, kind of new in banking and saying, hey, how would we solve this problem? And I was not expecting that. I was expecting to get most of the information from them and then just kind of fill in the gaps. What I learned was the opposite. I needed to kind of figure out what's going on in their industry, what are the challenges they're facing, what specifically is going on in or out of their business that is going to impact them, and then kind of go back to them with some meaningful, intelligent discussion on how to solve things. That was a big eye-opener. So anyone that's getting started in this, value what you're learning, value the knowledge you can bring, and understand that oftentimes you're going to be their resource. You're the expert, no matter how new and how young you are. 
they are coming to you looking for answers and they're going to value your information. So be a confident, resourceful decision maker. An open mind. In your current Absolutely. position, what is your favorite part of your job and what do you feel are like the challenges? Yeah. So I think the, the challenge is we are impacted. Banking is impacted by a lot of things that happen to us. So this is a good time, actually. I think everyone that's listening to this or you might be familiar with some recent bank failures. Um, so Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank failed recently. Um, while they don't impact us day to day directly, what happens is there's a ripple effect inside of regulation. regulation. So regulators start looking at banks differently because of these things. And then there is an impact to us. All of a sudden, it makes it a little more difficult to make certain kinds of loans. Um, we have to uh, maybe scrutinize accounts more than we did before. Um, it impacts interest rates that we can charge on loans and accounts. Makes it very difficult sometimes for us to interact with customers because these things are happening outside of the bank, but then eventually they impact what we do. So it's a little bit of a challenge because sometimes you are at the whims of the bigger economy and the bigger banking system to kind of do things. That's not always great because it makes it hard to plan. It makes it hard to be consistent with your customers. So I think that's one of the biggest challenges, but that's been persistent my whole career. And I think anybody that comes into banking should know that it's a very highly regulated industry and rightly so. And a lot of the stuff that you're required to do or not do, it just happens outside of your own purview, your own common sense. So that can be a little bit of a challenge. You're not as independent as you want to be sometimes. What's really good about it I'm a community banker. And so I work for a regional bank that's really just based in Colorado, Arizona, and California, um, as opposed to like a national bank, like a Wells Fargo, a Chase, a Citibank, who's got locations all over the world. The reason I draw a distinction is community bankers usually have a different type of role. We're usually what you call a generalist. So we know how to underwrite a loan. We know how to do a mortgage. We know how to do a commercial loan. We can do a business loan. We know how to do all types of loans. At a larger bank, I probably would have to pick one line of business and go with it. I could only do dental loans. I could only do mortgages. I could only do auto loans. I'd be stuck on a track and just have to do that. I love in the community banking role that I get to be a generalist. It lets me do a lot more for my customers. Quite frankly, it broadens my ability to be a resource. I understand how mortgages work. I understand how complex you know, medical practice acquisition loans work. I know how to do all of those things and it lets me be a better value to my customer. And I get to spend a lot more time with my customers, learning how their businesses operate, learning how they grow. Most of my job, I think on a weekly basis, probably about, I don't know, 20, 30% of it is talking to my customers either on the phone or spending time in their business. And they're showing me what they're doing. So I'm learning about their operation. I'm learning about what they're doing. And then what you see out of that is you get to see all the people that they employ, all the people they help with their products and services. You kind of get this sense of how you fit in the economy or sorry, the community. Um, and I think that's a really good thing. I don't want to overstate my importance here. Um, so what I'm really saying is it just feels like you're a really important part of your community because you're working with these people and you're kind of helping them solve problems that allow them to grow a business, allow them to buy a house and, and kind of move their life forward. That's always been part of my, my favorite part of the job is working with people and kind of doing things, making things possible for them that let them move forward towards a goal. A lot of people have preconceived notions about the banking industry as a whole, both positive and negative. But with that in mind, what are your thoughts about some of the common misconceptions about the sector? Sure. 
I think one of the ones that I still get a kick out of, because I still have customers say this, is they say, you're so young. And I'm really not. I'm 40 years old. Yes, I've been doing this since I was a teenager. But bankers, the, the stigma is that bankers are kind of older. They're kind of unapproachable and almost unfriendly. Um, and so I like, I like that stereotype because when I go to meet with somebody, I like hearing, wow, you don't act like a banker. And I think what they're saying from that is you're friendly, you know, you're an agreeable person, you're approachable, you know, you're energetic. I think that's a funny stereotype that I like overcoming constantly that, hey, we are invested. We do like helping people. Um, you know, we are approachable um, as opposed to you got to put on a suit and tie and come talk to me about your loan. I would like to meet you for coffee and talk about what you're doing and maybe learn a little bit about what's going on with your family, what's going on with your business, you know, how you guys are enjoying the area. So that's a stereotype that persists that I think is kind of, it, it's outdated, still persists. And I like overcoming, I think. Probably one of the really good stereotypes, and I, I, I say this half jokingly, but bankers are typically known as high integrity, kind of well-rounded individuals. So we participate with a lot of nonprofits, for example. And so on our boards, we've got attorneys, CPAs, insurance salesmen, doctors. We've got all kinds of professions on our boards. Oftentimes when we're involved, bankers are looked to to kind of be the level-headed kind of calm decision makers, but be well-rounded and know a lot about a few things. So I've always liked that. It kind of feels like bankers are respected as, hey, what is your opinion on this? Or what would you guys do in this situation? Because it's kind of implied that, hey, we're risk averse. You know, we're, we, everything we do has some level of risk analysis in it. Every decision we make, we kind of do things high integrity above board because we work with regulators. And fortunately, we work with so many different types of people and customers that we've got hands-on exposure and experience with a lot of different things that are happening in the world. So I like that, that stereotype a little bit. One of the things that I think is also worrisome is sometimes bankers are a little too deliberate. And so it can be a little frustrating when you work with a banker. We tend to overanalyze things. We tend to ask questions about stuff that may not be pertinent. So it is a little hard to incorporate bankers in your decision-making group because we will exhaust everything before we come to a decision. That's not always fun. So if you were to ask my wife or some of the people that I work with, they almost at this point find it humorous, but it can be a little exhausting to ask a banker to do something because we're going to give you our full opinion whether you want it or not. That just goes back to us wanting to be the responsible, kind of well-rounded people in every group. That's really helpful to hear your view on that. Um, switching gears a little bit, I'd love to hear your thoughts on another important topic, which is work-life balance. So I want to ask you your thoughts on how you feel about the work-life balance in your current job. You know, I would say right now I'm very good with it, but it takes time. And I would say early in a banker's career, it is very hard to balance work and life. There's a steep learning curve in just about anything you do in banking. And so the good news is it's individually driven. So if you're a quick learner, if you're resourceful, get ahead of things. You can learn things quickly. You spend less time in the office. You spend less time working on them. The downside is in, in, in my role, if you've got a customer facing role, you're almost never off the clock. Pretty much anytime something comes up for a customer, you've got to deal with it and you can do your best to manage it with them. But when they have an emergency or a crisis, oftentimes you're having to step in and help with, you know, an example is like, they need a small line of credit to get payroll out next week. You guys don't have time to, to not respond to them or do something like that. So oftentimes we are involved in, 
fire drills like that. But overall, it gets better with time. The quicker you learn, the more resourceful you are, the better you get on top of that learning curve. Um, but early part of your career is just a grind. I mean, you're learning everything about banking regulations. You're learning about how to work with customers. Um, you're learning about the culture of your company, right? I mean, every bank has a little bit different culture because we're all different corporate entities. So just learning that stuff as a young professional is a challenge in and of itself. And so it is not the best career if you want to kind of have a flexible kind of remote working environment early on at a college. It's really not the right profession for that because the, the schedule is pretty rigid. I mean, for the most part, we're almost like retail employees where we've got fixed hours that we need to be available. You know, bankers hours is often the expression, but you can almost bank on eight to five, eight to six, Monday through Friday, you're going to be on call. And then depending on what you're doing in the bank, you could be spending some hours during the weekend kind of doing stuff unexpectedly. So early in your career, it's very difficult. I'd say after probably, you know, five, six years or so, depending on what you're doing in the bank, you get a little more flexibility. You have people working for you. You can delegate a lot more stuff. The first couple of years, you're expected to do everything because you need to learn. Once you've kind of demonstrated competency on everything, you get to delegate more and you have a little bit more time for yourself. That usually just leads you into, you've got to do more complex projects, but it gets better as you go on. So I think most bankers, once they hit, I don't know, probably about 15 years seems to kind of be the magic spot. 10, 15 years, they have a lot more flexibility in their day. They're delegating most of their work out. Most of what they're doing is kind of working with internal teams or customers, things like that. So the day flows a little better. You can do that thing. You can do stuff remotely. You know, it's, it's a little better. And I think the advent of remote work, by the way, the last three, four years has been embraced in banking. Um, there's only so much you can do because we still kind of need Wi-Fi, a laptop, and a, key, you know, a computer to kind of do most of our stuff. But it is fair to say that a good amount of our work can be done remotely. So if that's important to you kind of as a young professional, I would feel free to ask that, you know, hey, I'm going to be working in this role as banker. How much of this work can be done remotely? And I can tell you that a good amount of the work can be done remotely unless you're on the teller line or you're physically involved with processing the payments. Most of that work can be done remotely. And that should give you a decent work-life balance. I know it's better today than it was 15 years ago for our younger officers. Yeah, we're definitely seeing that today that everybody prefers working remotely, whether they can travel or just be at home. That's a preference. But as we're wrapping up our discussion, yeah. what is one final thought you'd like to leave our listeners with? Yeah, I think that what I, what I was thinking about this, I was thinking about what I would say to myself when I was like 18 before I was really getting into college. And then I, what do I say to myself when I'm 21, when I'm a couple years invested into college? And I think the most impactful thing I could say would be to that 21 year old. And it's kind of no matter what you're doing in school, kind of what you're studying, I think the majority of jobs that are out there, especially professional jobs, they're going to ask you to have really, really good kind of soft skills, communication skills, things like that. So be the kind of person that, you know, likes to talk with other people, that likes to solve problems. And that kind of stuff goes a long way in just about any job. And I say that because I work with folks from all walks of life, just about every profession, whether they're a doctor, an engineer, banker, attorney, what have you, they've got to have the ability and the willingness to talk to other people. So kind of, if you can get comfortable talking to strangers, get comfortable with public speaking, get comfortable kind of interacting with people you know, just kind of out of thin air and with nothing going on, but then be confident, 
you know, you know a lot more than you think. Um, it's a little scary to go out in the world sometimes, especially when you kind of take on a role like a banker, a lawyer, or something like that, where you're customer facing. It's a little anxious to think about, gosh, what's going to be expected of me right away? And I would say, you know more than you think. And if you do a really good job of paying attention in your classes, ask questions of your peers, you're going to be further ahead than you think. So jump in, you know, if you can learn by doing, take opportunities as they come. Gosh, I say as soon as possible, start working with people as early in your career as you can to decide if it's for you or not. Because there are certainly jobs for people that don't like to work with people, but the majority of desirable jobs out there, you're going to have to be good working with people. Um, so figure that out about yourself as quickly as you can. That's a really good message for all of us to hear, because I think after being online school and COVID and all of that, not interacting with others and now being able to bring that back into our lives and being able to nail those skills, it's really important. You guys have had an experience unlike anything I've ever seen. I mean, you you know, my my school, I had a, just a boring school career, you know, K through 12, didn't miss any time as regular four years of college and grad school. I really can't imagine what it's like to have missed what was more than a year, right? I mean, I think you guys pretty much missed a year and a half or so of real kind of regimented school. Is that right? Yeah, I'd say yeah, we were not in school for about a year and then almost mm -hmm. like out of the pandemic fully after three years. But there was a lot of like partial online learning, partial in-person learning, and it was definitely different. Mm -hmm. It was a learning experience. Yeah. And I've, I've been curious because it's so new to us. And I mean, I haven't seen it yet professionally, but I am curious. I think in well, I mean, that's not true. Probably this year on, we're going to be having newer officers start with the bank that were in that group that, you know, they missed a year of college or a couple semesters of school. And what I'm curious to see is what their preference is. You know, do they have a bias towards, we really do want to be kind of left alone and working online or gosh, we want to be face-to-face -face interacting with people, get us in rooms with people as quickly as possible. I'm curious to see how that goes because it's interesting. Our customers are a wide range, right? So I've got folks that are 60, 70 years old from a completely different generation. They expect every interaction to be in person. So they do not accept emails. They do not accept texts or WebEx or Zoom. They expect you to come to their office and shake their hand and meet face to face. Okay, that's a given, right? That's what they prefer. But then we've got lots of younger folks that are starting up companies that are kind of getting their own businesses going. They're a year or two out of college. They would much prefer something virtual. And so I'm kind of getting the hang of both because I'm used to kind of the older end of things, but it is an interesting thing because your customers are kind of dictating what they want. Um, and so I'm about 50-50. I mean, I've got some people that are like, I love you. I never want to see you. Let's just do WebEx or Zoom for everything. We can accomplish everything we need. And so it's kind of a cool thing, but I think yeah, I'm hoping like for you and I know your peers you know, they kind of strike a nice balance. And I think as the workforce gets younger and younger, honestly, I think it'll be more, more virtual, more comfort with kind of doing things remotely. And we're kind of headed that way, but there's still a lot of folks out there that they expect you to do a, a lunch meeting and spend two hours talking face to face before they'll do business with you. Yeah. You're definitely seeing the whole range of everything. Thank you so much for sharing your insight. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on this podcast journey. Remember that your career path is unique to you, and as Daniel reminded us, the best can line up thanks to fortunate accidents at times. If you would like to contact your guest speaker with any further questions, fill out the contact page on our website at aussiepodcast.com and we'll be in touch. We would love for you to stay connected with us and join the conversation on our social media platforms, sharing your own stories. To stay up to date on the latest podcast, subscribe to our newsletter on our website linked in the description. Until next time, keep rising above your limits. 
This is your host signing off.